0: like a hundred sailors I mean everything that came out of my mouth was dirty it was so bad my parents probably went through like a thousand bars of soap in a week I'm just kidding I need a journal for that but seriously my mouth was so bad I was always cracking your mama jokes always cracking dirty jokes always saying something bad when the teacher would ask me something I would like cuss her out underneath my breath or something and she was like what'd you say I was like I love you I love you that's what I said and so that continued on like when I got to seventh grade I was I'm a people pleaser. I cannot see people like sad or unhappy. So if someone needs something to be done, I'll do it like in an instant. Like that's how I was through my middle school career. I always try to please every single group. Like I had no specific group specific group I fit into. I was like just the floater. I went from like the preps one day to like the jocks, like the emo kids to like the gothic kids. Like, I would always change, like, who I was every day just to fit into these different groups. Like, when I was with um, the jocks over here, I would talk about the punks and all these other kids. And when I was with the punks, I would, like, talk about the jocks and how they were stupid and, like, had no brains or anything. And then, like, it was just back and forth, like, through all my middle school career, just going around, like, talking about these different people. I, like, really, if I look back to my middle school career, I really had, like, no real friends I had no one I could call a best friend No one I could turn to I might have had one Who was like a grade ahead of me That I could always turn to and she, and she knew the real me She knew that I wasn't all these people I was trying to be Like I was seriously I would dress like a punk one day Like with the baggy jeans Or whatever And then I would dress like A prep the next day With a sweater vest And khakis I mean I would seriously fit my life To these people Because in the, On the inside I was feeling so lonely Like I, pre- I was like When I prayed this prayer, I was like, God, yes, you're in my heart. But through my life, I felt so lonely. Like, I couldn't... I just felt I had to fill my life with all these different people. Like, I really don't... I didn't have any friends when I looked at my middle school career. It was sad. Because I was trying to please everybody. I had no real friends. I just felt lonely. So I tried to put friendships, relationships, every single thing in my life except God. And this went all the way through my freshman year. I was I was actively involved in church. I always went to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, my Sundays I went to a different church on Wednesday than I went to Sunday. I went to a Methodist church on Sunday than a Baptist church on Wednesday. Complete opposite. Um, I could dance on Sunday but when I went to Wednesday I couldn't dance. It was against the rule. You'll get that joke later if you ever like look about Baptists and Methodists, you'll understand that. But on Wednesdays on Wednesdays we through my 6th through 7th grade career it was like they had high school then they had 7th and 8th grade and 6th grade by themselves in my 6th grade career we had through just two semesters of school our fall semester and spring semester we had eight Bible eight Sundays or eight Bible teachers we went through eight teachers in two like semesters we got a new one like every two weeks cuz we would scare them like, we were, seriously, we. I had one friend who acted like he was a demon possession, like, just to scare her. Like, we went through teachers so much in that class. And we finally got one who, like, set us down, like, yelled at us. And I was like, I'm scared of this lady. I want to listen. And so after that, after, like, our ninth teacher, they moved, they was like, okay, we're going to move the sixth graders up to the seventh and eighth grade. We're just doing middle school and high school. So I was still going through all these, I was still going to Wednesday church. We sang, like, off a of cassette tape. And the overhead projection was, like, after using, like, two courses, you had to pull the sheet off and put the other sheet on. And it was just, it was ghetto. It was, and I was like, this is awesome, this is church. But I still felt so empty. I was like, I had these church friends, I was like, but I still felt so empty. And that was all the way through my, once I got from my eighth grade, about to go to my freshman year, I was like, I'm done with this church thing. I mean, I'm not getting anything out of it. I mean, I just, I go to, I'll keep going to church on Sundays, but this Wednesday thing's not doing anything for me. So, because, no offense, like, my youth pastor was, like, 60-something, not really, he was, like, 50, and I was, like, in eighth grade, so I was, like, this guy really can't relate to me. He doesn't really know what I'm going through. I mean, he grew up in, like, the 60s and 70s, so that's completely different than what I'm going through now. So I'm just going to, I'm done with this. So I stopped going to church all the way through, like, middle of my eighth grade year to my freshman year. And then my youth pastor left, and they're like, my one of my friends comes like, dude, you need to come back to church. I was like, no, I'm good. I mean, my life's still good without it. I mean, I still have a lot of friends, apparently. I'm still having relationships. My life's still going good. And I was at a football game, like, in Gerald down the road, from down I-35 at Gerald. And this big, these two big ball guys came at me. Like, for my time not being at church, we got a new pastor and a new, um, youth pastor and these two big guys came up and they're like dude we heard so much about you I'm like that's creepy um, do you like watch me outside my house or something do you follow me at school like these two guys like creeped me out they're like dude you must be claiming we heard so much about you I'm like sweet um, that must not be good and they're like oh well one of your friends told us about you we're like wouldn't the new pastor and youth pastor at this church I was like oh that's cool nice to meet you um, but I gotta go and so I kind of just like walked past them and like, hey, we'd love for you to come back on Wednesdays. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll think about it. So probably till my spring semester, my freshman year, I still felt so lonely. I was still filling my life with relationships, with fake friendships. Um, I wasn't so much. I was still a people pleaser in high school, but I usually just kind of focused my attention to one group. I wasn't like going to go like floating around like I used to. So like, but still in that group, I barely had any real friends. So I was still trying to feel lonely. I was still trying like, in my so I went to a really small school. Like with I graduated with 66 kids, and so like we were real small. We were all close knit, but once two people got in a fight, the school split between those two people. You had to choose a side, and a lot of the times it was in the group I was hanging out with. So I was I was just always jugged to just choose between a side. And I was always like, okay, I'll be on your side over here, but really I'm on your side. But no, I'm just saying this, but I'm really on your side. I was always going back and forth, because I still felt so lonely. And I started going, I went back to church, I was like, okay, God, I pray this prayer, I want to give it one more try. I want to give you one more try. And so I went to this church service, and my, the pastor was in there, and he talked about this verse in, well, like I really talked about a verse in 1 Peter he talks about living as aliens among people and living such a holy life among the pagans that when they accuse you of wrong, they still see me inside of you. They still see God inside of you. So I was like, that's why I've kind of been missing. Because I've been living my life, I really didn't have a identity when I was in high school all the way up to my junior year. I was just a person who fit into the crowd. I was just blended in. I didn't want to stand out. I was like, okay. So after I heard this verse, I was like, I've been living my life completely wrong. I've been filling my life with everything except God. And it was really tearing me down because I was losing friendships, and I would date girls, and I would lose friends over dating girls, and I would break up with the girls and start dating another girl and lose. Like I would just lose all my friendships, like, weekly. It was a fight for me to find someone I could go to and talk to. And so coming around my junior year in high school, I still felt so lonely. I was still feeling lonely inside. And before I went to my junior year high school, I, was, I had enough of my life because I would walk out from a Wednesday church service and I would walk out to see my friends who were just in church with me, who weren't even like, they were younger than I was. I was 16, 17 when I went, 16, when I went to my junior year. They were 16, 17 too, and they would walk right out from church and they would get in their trucks and start drinking start smoking, do weed, do all that stuff. Right outside of church, right across the road, because we always parked across the road from the church because that was a cool thing to do. We would sit on the back of our trucks and talk, but right after church they would walk right out of the doors, go to their trucks, and start getting that party on. On a Wednesday night, I, I saw that, after like the fourth time I saw that, I just became so broken. Because... The saddest thing is one of the people who I saw do it was one of the girls that brought me to church when I was in 6th grade. One of the girls who invited me to this thing called church, to this good life, this Christian life I was supposed to be good. And I walked out and see her drinking right outside of church. After she just said, I believe everything that he just taught me that I should live this holy life. I'm just going to come right outside and just smoke and drink. And that really broke me. I went and talked to my pastor about it. I was like, I don't know what to do. I mean, my life is probably going to go nowhere because where I grew up was called Stonerville because we had a meth lab bus probably every month. There was always a meth lab bus. There was always a drug bus going on in my town. And when one of my really good friends when I was in sixth grade was one of the causes of that. He was one of the big... He was a drug dealer in Florence. He was one of the big ones. Like, these people hung out what they did, and they... That really wasn't a problem for me. I never really got into that stuff. I never really tried tried it or wanted to try it. Because that I saw and I was like I saw what it did to these guys' lives. My one of my really good friends, he was probably one of the smartest kids I ever knew. But right when he got on weed he lost everything. He was life his life went down the drain, his family life went down the drain. I mean, it just messed him up. And that really broke me. Because I knew because we had these things called townies that right after they graduated, they didn't go off to college. They just stayed in Florence. They hung out and they dated the younger high school girls. That's all they did. And they just party. They took them to parties because they were old enough to buy the alcohol. So they just took them to parties and just took advantage of all my friends. And I really looked at my life. I was like, if I don't do something with my life, I'm going to be that person. I want to be this person who, I'm 25, I still hang out with high schoolers, I Take their money I get them drunk And I'm just going to Take advantage of them That's where I saw my life at When I was A junior in high school I was like That's where I'm going to be going But luckily There was someone By the name of Tim Tim McElhaney Who was on a youth pastor And came up to me And he was like Dude He was probably One of the coolest guys I've known Because I learned So much more from him From him taking me Chipotle Which is the best Restaurant ever and Starbucks so he would go to Georgetown he would take me to Chipotle then we would go sit in Starbucks and we would just talk I learned so much more from him in those environments than I'd ever learned from sitting in a church listening to him because he could relate to me he told me that no matter what I did no matter how many relationships I put myself in how, no matter how many friends I had that when I die that's all going to be gone And I was scared of death. I mean, I've never really been in, like, a bad accident, but I have done 360s in my truck down the middle of the road and hit a fence. I have run into that gate. My friend, Joe, like, was sitting in the middle of my truck because I had a bench seat like this, and I was driving, and she was sitting where Preston is, and her foot slipped, and she hit my gas while I was hitting the brake, so we spun out and we hit a fence. Didn't really do anything, but it scared me, so I was like... I'm probably not going to make it till 30. I mean, death really scared me. And he's he told me that if I didn't change my life, that if I kept filling my life with all these things, I was just going to be very unsatisfied. That my life would amount to really nothing, probably. I might make some money, but I'm going to lose it all anyways. And so that really, really scared me. And so I started... I mean, i probably never prayed so hard in my life. I was like, God, my life's going nowhere. I just try to please every single person I'm with. Um, I'm probably going to get dragged down to be an alcoholic, to be a townie. But I want something more. I mean, I want something so much more than what I have now. And it continued to go on, and I was like... I struggled with my quiet times with my with reading my Bible. I still do today, it's tough. It's still a struggle for me. But going into my junior year, the summer, like after my sophomore year, I said that's enough, that my life is enough because I was messing up so much. I thought that it was supposed to be easy for me, that after I prayed a prayer, that after I surrendered myself, that it was gonna get easy. But God just showed me that it was gonna get harder and it was because going into my junior year was my junior senior year were rough because I made a decision to follow Christ my junior my junior before my junior summer and it would, it just got 10 times more rough for me I mean that's when I was really built because I had old relationships try to come back into my life and try to drag me down I was dating one girl who told me that if I was to date her I cannot go to church she would not date me if I went to church and to me that I was like, are you serious? I was like, Okay, um, that's nice. I really don't know what to say about it, so we I continued to go to church and she broke up me and I was like, Okay, that's a dumb reason and then like a week later we got back together. And I went to this concert called Rock the Desert in Midland, Texas. And this I was just standing in the crowd there and this guy was like he was talking about missions and missionaries and ministry and he was just he was just going on, I was like I just closed my eyes and I felt that every single person at a concert like 10,000 people just vanished. I was just standing in the middle of the crowd like right in the middle like the hot spot like 6,000 people just surrounding me. I, I just felt like everyone disappeared. I was just standing there listening to had my eyes closed just listening to this guy talk about this God who loves you no matter what you do no matter what you've been through. I was like I'm missing that. And he was making this call to ministry. And he's like, he's like, guys, if you ever feel a call on your heart to go to missions, to go to ministry, don't fight it. Just embrace it. Because he's telling him about his story, about how he fought it so much. And God finally broke him and said, hey, you're doing this, no matter if you like it or not. And I was just sitting there. I was remembering just hearing this guy talk. And I was like, being this new kind of Christian, you just rededicated my life. I was scared. I just remember saying, "God, it's yours now. I'm done with it." And this is August before my junior year. I'm like, "I'm yours. I'm yours." And after that moment, I actually felt peace for the first time. A safety net that came over me and saying, "Hey, you're not alone anymore." And finally, all this loneliness I've been fighting was finally filled. I knew I didn't have to go to relationships anymore. I didn't have to go to friends to find this happiness that I was looking for. All I had to do was go to God. I didn't know how to... I knew I could say no to people now. If people asked me to go do something, I knew I would be able to say no. And not really hurt their feelings. And for the first time in my life, I really did feel happy and feel safe and secure in my life because going into my junior year it was rough I had this Catholic kid in my, that was in my grade and he would walk around with this heavy cross about the size of like probably about 5 inches like 3 inches wide and he would walk around if he heard someone say something bad he would sit there and literally smack you with the cross he's like God doesn't like that and smack you I'm like, God doesn't like you smacking people. He's like, God doesn't like that either. And smacks me. I'm like, okay, dude, seriously, if you want to go at this, let's go. Because I wasn't really the brightest kid. I really didn't know all the Bible stories at that time. But we had, like, a duel, like, what we knew about the Bible. And it was really funny because he ended up smacking me, like, ten more times in that little three-minute battle. And, like, I would see this kid. He He seriously walked around, like, for his junior, senior year, smacking people who did something wrong. And, like, he wouldn't smack himself when he said a cuss word or did something wrong. I'm like, dude, aren't you, aren't you going to smack yourself? He's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll just confess it later. I'm like, okay, but we can't do that? He's like, nope, you got to punish now. And he would continue to smack me. I know it's funny now that I think about it. But it was... It scared me because I saw that and I was like, is that what I have to do? Do I have to walk around with a cross guy and, like, smack people? Like, be holy and smack them or, like... I'm gonna use that example, but read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read it. Learn it. Do it. I was like, Am I gonna to have to do that, guy? Am I gonna to have to like walk around smacking people? And he's like, he finally said, No, all you gotta do is follow me. And so I was like, Okay. So I continued to follow him. And I didn't know what kind of impact I was gonna have because I still wasn't the best person. Like going into my senior year I finally gave up dating. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna have a senior year to myself and my friends and God. I'm not going to have any girls ruin it for me. That didn't go over very well. Like, first, like, after the first month, I was like, I got into a relationship. I was like, this isn't that great. So I had a, we had to end it before, like, in November. I was like, okay, God, it's all yours. And I just couldn't start to live my life. My friends are still the partiers. And I was like, I told one of my really good friends, I was like, dude, if you ever get too drunk to drive, call me. Me and my friend... Me and one of my friends were the designated drivers. Like, we would just hang out, like, at our houses while our friends partied on the weekends. And if they needed us, they knew that they could call us to come get them, like, no matter what. And it was so nice because I had been call, I got called, like, once by one of my friends. I had to go pick up and just to see how far he was gone. It was sad because this is a guy that sat next to me in Sunday church and on Wednesday church that said he believed it all. But he was still doing this And it was just sad Because I watched this video About this, These two guys Are sitting in that car These friends are sitting In the coffee And this one guy Comes up and starts Sitting down He's like Oh yeah He starts talking About his life And this one guy Posts it. I was like You know what Yeah that coffee top Like you're going to be Burning in hell When you die Because you don't know Jesus I was like I'm so glad I wasn't like that Because I had a friend Who was like that Who if they knew An unbeliever They were not afraid To say it. They essentially would say You're going to burn in hell If you don't turn away From your ways I was like, that's a little rough coming from these people that I grew up with. So I just sitting there and I was like, as I was driving, I was like, dude, how are you doing? He's like, not so good. I was like, do you like that feeling? He's like, not really. I'm like, well, you know how to stop that feeling? He's like, I think. I was like, why is that? He's like, take aspirin.
1: I'm like, I
0: looked, I was like, no, dude, that's not it. And he's like, I was like, I looked at him, I was like, you'll get it one day. He's like, I hope I do. And, I had, and then after that, like, the next, like, the following week, I had this one. I was sitting in my um, biology class, and this girl was, like, she was a big partier. And I looked at her, and I was, like, so what are you going to do this weekend? And she's, like, I'm going to go party and get drunk. I'm, like, sweet. She's, like, what are you doing? I was, like, I'm not doing anything. I'm probably going to sit in my room. And she's, like, oh, that's cool. I was, like, so why are you partying party and get drunk? She's, like, oh, it's fun. I have so much fun doing it. I was like, "Do you have fun doing?" And like, "Can you have fun without it?" And She's like, "No, it's such so much more fun to party and get drunk." And like, I'm "Like, you know how many brain cells you're killing?" She's like, "No." And I was like, "Because you don't have any more left." And I didn't really say that. I was like, "Well, I was like, I was like, well, do you know, like, do you know that that doesn't please God?" And like, I just kind of slid that in there. And she's like, she turned to look at me, and she's like, "Don't preach to me, Clayton, because I don't want to hear it." I'm like, well, I'm not going to preach to you. But I'm just going to tell you I love you and God loves you. If you ever if you ever need a ride, just call me. And she's like, no. I'm like, okay. She got in a wreck like three weeks later. Nothing serious, but she did get in a wreck from drunk driving. So I'm like, I kind of looked at her at, like, after that happened, like following me, I was like, you could have called. And she's like, no, I'll pass. I was like, okay, I tried. And so coming to my senior year, like, I was, I started working at the church. I started being a Bible teacher for 7th and 6th grade guys on Wednesday nights. And I started, like, digging deeper into this stuff. And I continued to go on and on until so I started my freshman year at T.C. I took my basics at T.C. my freshman year. I was still working at the church, and I came to the church um, during Christmas break. And I was sitting there, it's like, three days after Christmas. And my youth pastor walks in, and like me and one of my friends are sitting there playing the new Call of Duty at the time, Modern Warfare. It was awesome. That game was so much fun. We were playing that, and he walks in, and like he just looks at us and he's like, "Guys, I have something important to tell you." I'm like, "Oh no." He's like, "It's going to be scary for you, Clayton." I'm like, "Oh no." And he looks at me and he's like, "I feel called to go to another church." I was like, "Dude, you suck." I was like, after all this time, like, going up, like, for four years of my life being spent with this guy, he's like, I feel called to go to another church. I'm like, great, where does that leave me now? Like, I guess I'm going to have to go find me another church to go to. But then he looks at me, he's like, Clay, I want to ask something very, very important of you. I'm like, oh, no. He's like, I want you to take over being the middle school pastor. I'm like, oh, no. I can't do that. I was like, no, I cannot do that. He's like, I know you cannot. He's like, I've seen you grow these four years from being this kid who was so lonely, He was so awkward. I was just—I was probably the most awkward kid you would meet. Um, he's like, funny story. I had these hard contacts. I tried contacts one time. I had these very hard contacts. Like they were harder than classic lens Classic glasses lenses. And I had to put in my eyes, and like they cut up my eye. And, like I would have to walk with my head tilted up like this, everywhere I went. So I was very awkward. Like, I would talk to you like this. And you're like, what are you looking at? I'm like, "Uh, your face, I think. And like, so, I was very awkward. And he's like, he's like, I've seen you go from this awkward kid to the person who's been called to ministry and who's fighting for this, who's fighting to save people. I'm like, really? He's like, no. But he's like, yes, really. I was like, I was like, I was, at the time I was like, okay, I guess I could do that. But inside I'm like screaming like a little girl and like freaking out. I'm like, no! And so he left at the start of June, or start of January. So I was a freshman at TC, still taking classes to become a, to go into ministry, still taking classes and being a part-time youth pastor. And from that time, like, we had meetings before then, before he left, and everyone was like, my head was filled with, how many kids are we going to lose? I mean, we, when he was there, we had probably about, like, 40 junior high kids and, like, 30 high school kids. And what I was thinking, everyone was like, dude, we're going to lose so many kids. We're going to have, like, 10, maybe 20 the most. I'm like, freaking out. I'm like, I don't want to be the cause for losing all these kids. And then we started praying about it. And the first night we had there, there were 68 kids there. I was like, wow, we just gained 20 kids. And then over the weeks, they continued to go, grow, and gain. And everyone was like, dude, Clayton, you're doing such an awesome job. I'm like, don't give me credit here, because I'm not doing anything. And it was so funny to watch a group of 40 kids go up to be about a group of 80 kids in about two months. And it was just awesome to see these kids, like, I really, all I probably teach about was your heart, and about living your life, and to watch these kids grow, and to watch these kids actually start to live it in middle school was really moving to me, and to watch these kids live it more than me. But I think some of the incentive was because I told them if they got to 100 kids that I would shave my hair, my eyes, and my legs and my arms. But luckily we only had 98 one day, so... I was too short, so I was so excited for that. But in this time, like, I've had a guitar, but in this time God showed me that I could lead worship even though I'm not great at it. Like, I could lead others in worship because we we usually go on a ski trip every spring at spring break. And since our youth pastor left, we really didn't have, like, a worship band planned, We didn't have, like, a speaker plan for it. So I looked at one of my friends. I'm like, dude... Me and you, we both have guitar, you know how to play guitar, I own a guitar that has dust on it, let's break it out and play. So, in like two months, I've tried, I learned like so many worship songs just to lead these kids in worship to come to find out that I didn't have to do it. That we got a band to play. But then after that time, I started leading kids in worship and teaching them and we continued to grow. It was just awesome to watch. But my life still kind of felt empty. To me, because I still wasn't following God with all my heart, I was kind of like, okay, God, I'm a, I am ai work in the church now. I'm getting paid to do it. I'm getting paid to teach your word. But I was still kind of like feeling lonely by myself because I really wasn't like doing what I told the kids to do. I would tell like the kids like to read the Bible like every night and I was like maybe like twice a week, maybe like twice a month. I was just still feeling completely alone. At that point, like, because I really didn't, like, I really wasn't seeing God by myself. I was kind of, like, I always told the kids, like, don't ride my faith, don't ride your faith with your leaders. Like, have your own faith. And I was, like, kind of looked at my life, and I was, like, I'm kind of riding the faith of my kids because I see these kids doing it. I see these kids, like, striving to live this life, but I'm still not striving to live mine completely, full. And so it comes to, like, now... I'm, like, trying to apply to schools, trying to find some place to go to actually start a good school, and I applied to Mary Hart and Baylor, University of My Hungry Baptist, no offense. Um, but I got to I got enrolled in Mary Hart and Baylor and started taking classes there. And I'm here at T V C now, which is, it's been awesome. I came here probably a year ago, and I just fell in love with the place, with the environment, the kids. And I started, I met with Dave in August, I think, right? We first met in August. Like, actually, like, sat down and talked. And I was kind of scared of that because taking the next step in my life was really scary for me, because I was so comfortable where I was at. And that kind of, sh- kind of showed me there that I can't be comfortable in every situation. That I have to keep constantly chasing him and I can't just sit in a place and be comfortable, because that's what I did for most of my life and most of my high school career. It's probably what some of you are doing now, just sitting in one place, saying, "Hey." I'm comfortable where I'm at right now, God. I know You. I go to church, and I'm comfortable with that. And that's what God broke me of is being comfortable and being lonely, because we're not lonely, and we can't just continue to be comfortable and sit in one spot and come on Sundays and Wednesdays and say, God, I know You, and that's good enough for me. Because I read in the, because I always worked for my salvation. I thought that's what we were supposed to do and I read Ephesians that said not by work but it's by grace and I was like that's so nice to hear that I don't have to work anymore because I don't like to work really but it's so nice to hear that all I gotta do is follow you and from your grace that's okay and I don't have to sit in one spot and be like this is where I'm spent my life because a lot of people did this like my friend in high school that I told you that I picked up in home. I got a message from him like last fall. Not seeing like through high school, you're not really probably you probably won't see your fruit grow if you live it. You probably won't see people change right there. But I had my friend texts me, he's like out of nowhere. Like I haven't talked to this guy in like a year, and he just texts me like, "Hey, dude, just let you know, you were living for something more than I was." And that you were real, even though you messed up, that you were real about it. And that you saw something greater than we were. And thanks to you, how you lived in high school, and thanks to how you're living now, dude, my life has been changed. After hearing that, after a, like two years of not seeing this guy, after a year of talking to him, I was not, like I was driving home from class and I, just pulled, I had to pull to the side of the road because I broke down to one of my really good friends say that just living my, your life, even though you're going to mess up, just living your life, you're gonna see fruits later on, and that he saw it, and that he was changed by it. And that's it. Thank you guys for sitting up here with me. Well, thank you. I thank love you.
1: Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate you sharing. And uh, it is really cool to see how, um, just meeting with Clayton last year and uh, and and talking to him. By working with you guys And he's been a great addition to our intern team I've just really enjoyed getting to know him And and uh, and seeing his passion for, for Christ But also seeing his passion for uh, introducing you guys to Christ as well um, We're going to continue this uh, series the next few weeks With some testimonies You'll be hearing from different people every week And uh, we should have more than just one person next week Even though it was really awesome to hear uh, Clayton today And once again thank you guys so much for accompanying him on the stage. I appreciate that. Let me pray for you guys and we'll get out of here. God, thank you so much for uh, for Clayton. Thank you for his story. Thank you for the way that you have written his story. Thank you for the way that you are uh, writing each one of ours. And uh, God, I pray that um, if anyone is in this room uh, that doesn't know you and just want to place their faith in you, God. Thank you so much and uh, thank you for being our Father in your name. Amen. Well, this is a little surprise, isn't it? Hey, buddy. Oh, thank you. This is like so weird. I felt this thing on my face. I'm like, what is that? Someone's trying to kill me. Hey, buddy.